Welcome to the Southside Community Church Podcast with Pastor Mark Hahn. We are located at 1815 South Peace Street in Elwood, Indiana. Visit us on Facebook. The link will be in the description below. Have a great day. If you have your Bibles and want to follow along this morning, I want to go over to uh, Exodus chapter 3, and I want to read the first 12, first 12 verses there. <clears throat> now Moses <clears throat> had left Egypt, he fled Egypt because he had killed the Egyptian, <clears throat> which was mistreating one of the the Hebrews, and he flew, and he and he fled Egypt, and he's now married, and and he's on the backside of the desert here, <clears throat> and he's keeping uh, keeping track and taking care of his father-in-law's sheep. <clears throat> and it said, and now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert, and he came to a mountain of God, even unto Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in the flame of a fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called unto him, note that it was God, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place thereon thou standest is holy ground. For moreover, I said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the afflictions of my people, which are in Egypt. And I have heard their cry by reasons of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrow. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good land and a large and to a land flowing with milk and honey and to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hittites and the Jebusites. Now therefore behold, the cry of the children of Israel 
has come up unto me, and I have seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee into Pharaoh, that thou may bringest forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Listen, who am I? That I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he said, That is God. Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I, that I have sent thee when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt. Ye shall serve God upon this mountain. Our dear Heavenly Father, we pray, Lord, for your help this morning. May God, uh, all the things that are on our minds today, all the activities, God, that we've uh, got going on, the things we got scheduled, Lord, for the, this following week. Lord, the things that crowd our minds, God, this morning, may we set them aside and look fully and deeply into your word today. May God, you touch us, Lord, and help us to preach, Lord, this morning. We know, God, that without you, we can do nothing. We need your help, God. We need your touch. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And he said, Draw near, not thine hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place whereon thou standest is holy Amen. Let me interpret to you what holy ground is. Holy ground is the presence of God. Amen. It's God's presence. Huh? God came to Moses. Listen. Huh? And he had a, a, a commission for Moses to fulfill. And that commission was to deliver the, the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage. Huh? And God uh, came to Moses in that bush, and that bush was burning there. Huh? And Moses, you know, he looked at that and caught his eye, and he, he couldn't figure out why it wasn't consumed and burned up. Huh? And, and, he, and he turned and he looked into that bush as it was burning. Huh? And God said, and then God starts speaking to him. Huh? And he said, Moses, Moses, I got a job for you to do. <laughs> I got something for you to do. Huh? I'm going to send you down to Pharaoh. Huh? And you're going to go down there and you're going to tell him to let my people go. Huh? To free him from this bondage. Huh? And Moses Huh? Heard that? And he looked, huh? Into the bush and he said, God, who am I? Huh? To go down and tell the most powerfulest man in the world at that time to let your people go. Who am I? I want to tell you something. 
Moses was just a mere man huh? till he stood on holy ground. Huh? Then when he stood on that holy ground where God had called him, huh? when he stood on holy ground, he was able to fulfill the mission that God called him to do. Huh? This calling, my friend, huh, for the church is of God. Huh? We cannot do nothing without the power of the Lord upon us. Amen? It's not in us. We're human and we're weak. But my friend, when God steps on the scene, woo, I tell you this morning, we have power from another world. Amen. He went down there. I want to back up a little bit. But he went down there, huh, into uh, to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh was sitting on the throne, my friend, high and lifted up. And I'll tell you what, Moses looked at him right in the eyes. And he said, you're going to let these Israelites, the people of God, and set them free and let them go. I'll tell you what, my own opinion, huh, when Pharaoh looked in the eyes of Moses, <laughs> he saw the eyes of God. Amen. He saw that what Moses had said was true. Huh? He knew it was real. Huh? He, he could have had Moses slaughtered and killed in the very footprints and steps right where he stood. Instantly killed. Huh? But he knew. Huh? That there was another God that was watching over him. Huh? Not the gods of Egypt, not the gods of stone and brass and all the all the planets and everything that they worship. This was the God of heaven that was upon Moses. I want to tell you something. That's what needs to be upon the preachers that preach the gospel in churches across the land, huh? and in Sunday school teachers, huh? and listen, and all the work that goes on in the, in the church, my friend, huh? God needs to be upon these people. Huh? He could have never done it. By himself. It took the holy ground to stand upon. Amen. We'll read this passage here real quick. I can find it. I want to give you a few passages of scriptures today. It's in Hebrews. And it said by faith, when Moses was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's command, commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was become of years, listen to this, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reapproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, 
for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest, it, lest he be destroyed the firstborn that should be, touch them. By faith Moses passed through the Red Sea as on dry ground, which the Egyptians sailing after them, sailing to do, were drowned. By, and all this by faith. I want to tell you something, my friend. Listen, huh? When before Moses was was born, listen, God had a purpose for him. Huh? Before Moses was ever thought of, God knew him. Huh? Listen to me this morning. Huh? The Pharaohs, huh? Was a was a wicked man. The Pharaoh, the top Pharaoh. And he looked out, huh? And he seen the Hebrews. He seen them growing in population. Huh? They become great in number. Huh? And he was afraid. And he told his army, he told his counselors, he said, I'm afraid they're going to grow so big and get so big huh, that they'll turn against us and fight against us and take away our and take away the throne from me. Huh? He said, I'm going to make a decree. Every male baby that's born to be thrown in the Nile River. That was the command. Huh? You see the Hebrew women, I studied this one time, they were so fertile. And they, they would have, I, I believe it was three to one. The, uh, the, the Egyptian women would have one baby and the Hebrew woman would have three. Huh? And, and they multiplied so fast. Huh? And then, huh? he made this command. To the midwives, which delivered the babies, huh, which were Israelite women, the Hebrew women. Huh? He said, if it's a male, you throw it into the Nile River. If it's a female, it'll live. Huh? You come down to Moses' house. <laughs> Moses' parents, listen, had to make a decision what they were going to do. Huh? But they looked on Moses. Huh? And they seen that he was a goodly child. What they seen was God had a purpose for him. <laughs> you see, they were, they were children of God. They believed God. Huh? And they looked at Moses. And, and God revealed to them, this child I'm going to use. She built this little ark out of bulrushes. <laughs> set it in the Nile River. It was like a little boat. Huh, probably about that big, like a basket or whatever. Huh? She put it in the Nile River, knowing huh, that it'd float down to Pharaoh's daughter. <laughs> See Pharaoh's daughter come down to the Nile River, her and her maids, huh? And they come down to bathe themselves. Huh? And I know, and I know it's not in the Bible, but I believe Moses' mom <laughs> knew where it ended up. To save the baby alive. Huh? And they're down there and they're bathing. Huh? And, and Pharaoh's daughter, huh, is up on the bank. Huh? Here comes this little ark floating down there. I didn't know I was going to get into all this, but I'm here. And 
They open up the ark, uh, that little basket, and there's this Hebrew baby boy that's supposed to be slaughtered, huh, alive, and crying. Huh? And Pharaoh's daughter had compassion. She looked at the baby Moses, huh? And, and she said, this is one of the Hebrew children. But her heart was moved, huh? She, she wanted this baby for her own. You see how God works things out? <laughs> huh? And she said, and his, his sister followed that little heart, huh? And she come to Pharaoh's daughter. And she said, I know one will nurse him <laughs> until he's weaned. Huh? And that's what happened. She took, his sister took baby Moses back to her mother and she weaned him. And when, she be, when he became weaned, Pharaoh's daughter came and got him. And took him away. And Moses, listen to me, Moses grew up in the palaces of the Egyptians. Huh? He knew he was different. He had different color skin. He looked different than the Egyptians. Huh? But he grew up with all this wealth and all this fame. Huh? And it said, and they estimated that he was probably in his, I don't know what it was, 20s or 40s. They lived a long time back then. Probably his 40s. It said, and when Moses came to himself, when he realized who he was, listen, when God dealt with him, when he was sitting in the palaces of Egypt, you see, he would have been the next Pharaoh. Think of that for a minute. He would have been the most powerfulest man on earth at that time. That was his position. That's where he was headed. Huh? But God started dealing with him. <laughs> huh? God started calling on his soul. Huh? God revealed to him the purpose of his life. And Moses... Believe God. I want to tell you something. He had a decision to make. <laughs> huh? He could have stayed in the palaces of Egypt and become king, become the king Pharaoh. Or he could have went down huh, in the slime pits huh, where the Hebrew people were in this life. Huh? He had a choice to make. Huh? And his heart turned to the calling of God. He looked and seen Christ, my friend of scripture I just read. He seen Christ in the future. And he seen his life after this life is over. And he, he weighed in the balance the riches and the treasures of the world to the riches and the treasures of heaven. And he made a choice to go for God. Amen. And then we get to the point. Well, we read this morning, God called him 
Huh? And Moses done exactly what God had told him to do. Was it easy? Was it an easy path? Was it an easy trail? Huh? Did he just go down there and, and God was going to do all the work? <laughs> no. Moses had to be faithful. Moses had to pray. Moses had to have the strength, my friend, to do it. Huh? But he conquered everything. And the people were free huh, from the Egyptian bondage. Amen. And he led them out of Egypt. But he would have never done it. Listen to me. This is the point of this message. He would have never done it if he hadn't stood on holy ground. Amen. You see, when you stand on holy ground, huh, something's going to happen in your life and in my life. Amen. I remember Brother Avers telling this, and I know Teresa and John's heard it. He said, you know, he said, when I get to heaven... He said, I want to see Christ. You know, I want to see Jesus. He said, but I can't wait. <laughs> to sit down and talk to Moses face to face. Moses, he loved Moses. Brother Avery did. He followed him. and He was his favorite Bible character, huh? He's, he's learned so much out of studying Moses' life and who Moses was. Moses was the redeemer for the Israelite people. Amen. He bought them out. And you know, we compare this Christian life as the same way. huh? We're in bondage to sin. We're in bondage to the devil. huh? And then Christ comes to free us. They were in bondage to the Egyptians. They were slaves to, to the Egyptians. How Moses set them free. We were slaves to sin. We were slaves, my friend, huh, to that sinful life. But Christ sent the Redeemer and freed us. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then, his goal. It was to get him into the promised land. But he never made it there. There were some things that happened and he never made it <clears throat> to the promised land. But God raised up another man. And his name was Joshua. And it says here in Joshua 1, I want to read just a few scriptures here on that. <clears throat> it said, And now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead, and now therefore rise and go over this Jordan. Thou and all this people unto the land that I will give it, give it to them, even to the children of Israel. And every place the sole of your feet shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. And from the wilderness of this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river of Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, 
and into the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. And there shall be, listen to this, and there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. And I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for into this people thou shalt divide for an inheritance of the land which I swear unto the, their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper wherever thou goest. This book of the law, listen, shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou, listen, shall make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. As I have not commanded thee, that's a question, have I not commanded thee? Be thou strong and of good courage, but be thou, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. Listen to this. For the Lord thy God is with thee wheresoever thou goest. <laughs> Amen. So you see, huh? God's purpose and God's plan was to get those Israelites into the land of Canaan. The promised land. The land that flowed with milk and honey. Huh? And they crossed the Jordan River. Uh, and they set up those stones, my friend, as a memorial. That's another message. I preached on that before. The Jordan River overflowed its banks at that time. Huh? And as just as they crossed the Red Sea, the Israelites, huh, they crossed the Jordan River on dry ground. <laughs> that don't get mentioned very much, but it's true. Huh? Soon as the priest huh, and the Ark of the Covenant touched the brim of the water, it, they rolled back into a heap. <laughs> and Israel, the Hebrews' children, walked across Jordan on dry ground. And God said, set up a memorial. Set up stones so you'll remember this for your children. All that happened. We got to this place. And it came to pass when Joshua, uh, <clears throat> when Joshua, was by Jericho. You see, they haven't they haven't fought any enemies yet. They haven't been to battle yet. Huh? They're just on their way. Okay? And it said here that he lifted up his eyes and he looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went into him and he said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? That's what he asked him. He's standing right in front of this man. And this man has his sword drawn. And he's ready to fight. Huh? Get the picture of this. He's ready huh, to do battle. Joshua don't even know who he is. He said, are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, nay. <laughs> Woo! But 
as captain of the Lord of hosts, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith that? What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord of hosts said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. <laughs> Hallelujah! That was Christ, my friend! That was Jesus standing there with the sword, ready to battle the enemies of God. <laughs> Do you get the picture today? Huh? Who is huh? who is the head of the host of God? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I want to tell you something. I bought a book, and before I bought that book, I could tell every place that I studied, my friend, in the Bible, I seen Jesus in it. <laughs> I seen a form of Christ in it. And I read this one time, huh, and I seen Christ so clearly. Huh? Joshua would have never conquered Canaan. Till he stood on that holy ground <laughs> where Jesus was. Huh? Then he had the power and the faith to conquer the enemy. Huh? I'll get to this message, the point of it shortly. Huh? He stood on, he stood on huh? holy ground. Amen. And when Joshua met the Lord that day, huh, he was never the same again. He had an infilling, as Moses did. He had a power huh, in his heart and his soul that nothing was going to stop him as long as he kept the law, kept the word of God, and followed through. Jesus told the disciples he said tarry here in Jerusalem don't go anywhere else huh? stay here in Jerusalem until you're endued with power <laughs> until the Holy Ghost and the promise of God Huh, comes and God gives you the Holy Ghost huh? and then you're going to be my witness in Jerusalem and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth stay there don't go anywhere until you receive the power of the Holy Ghost you know what they did I would read it to you, but I'll hold off. They went up into the upper room. Huh? There was 120 of them. The 11 disciples. I, I can't remember. They might already choose the other 12 disciples. I can't read. That's not important. Anyways, they went up into that upper room. And the scripture said they were gathered together. And they were in prayer. And they were in one accord. Huh. All of their heart 
and all of their minds was set on one thing, to receive the power of God through the Holy Spirit. Huh? And they were all in one accord in one place. I want to tell you something. Listen to me. Nothing happens in your life and nothing is going to happen in my life until prayer comes first. That's the way God designed it. Right. Huh? If we, if, if, if all the great revivals down through the years, huh? all the moving of God, it all started in a prayer room. It started in a private closet where somebody were hung, was hungry and thirsty for the power of God and the presence of God. Huh? Prayer. Huh? They were all in one accord and in prayer. And then the scripture said there was a rushing, <laughs> a rushing mighty wind <laughs> that filled the house. <laughs> and it said there was the tongues of fire, a flame come and landed upon their heads, my friend. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What was the tongues for? The tongues was for because there was men all over the world at Jerusalem. They were Jews, but they lived in other they lived in other nations, huh? huh? And they had different languages. And God split the tongues of the disciples so they could understand what was happening. <laughs> what was it, huh? They got on holy ground. And when they got on holy ground, they went out and fulfilled the Great Commission. They preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. They established churches all over the place, huh? my friend, because they had the power of God in their souls, and it was burning. Huh? The Bible said they turned the world upside down. Huh? Those scribes and those Pharisees, my friend, after Peter was preaching to them, huh, they, they sent back, and it said, the scripture said, they knowledge that they've been with Jesus. These ignorant and unlearned men about the scriptures who didn't know anything, now they can tell that they've been with Jesus. Amen? I tell you what, this is spiritual. What I'm preaching to you today is spiritual. When spiritual things happen, it changes people's lives. Amen? Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. I know I was going to say this, but I'll say it. You know, we got to stay humble. Huh. Those disciples were humble. <laughs> they knew that they never done it. This was the work of God. It was not their work. Huh? That that crippled man, huh? Peter and John was getting ready to go into the temple, and that crippled man was laying there. They carried him there and laid him there. Huh? And I tell you what, he was waiting for some alms. He was waiting for some money. He was waiting for something. Huh? For the, some money for Peter and John to give him. Huh? And it said there huh, that Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give thee in the name of Jesus 
tries, stand up and walk. And he did. And they took Peter and John and they set him before the council. Huh? And they said, by what power did you do this? Huh? How did you do this miracle? In other words, is what they ask. How did you do that? And Peter said, you think that I have done that by myself? By my own power? <laughs> he said, it's to Jesus <laughs> that you crucified, huh? that, you, that you hung on the cross. It's through him. Amen. Let me quit. I got to get going. I know I'm flawed. Hey, this is not of us, but it's of God. Amen. Then I thought about the church. Us today. <clears throat> we as a church must find the place of holy ground and stand on it. So that we will have a burden. Listen, this is what it's all about. To go out and do the work of God that God has caused, called the church to do. Before Jesus comes again. We need a real revival in this little church. In the nation and in the world. Christ is soon to come. And it could be man's last chance to be saved. Amen. What I'm preaching to you this morning is about revival. I know I didn't mention that, or I might have mentioned it, but that's what it's all about. I told you I had this little book uh, of the uh, of uh, one divine moment was the name of it. It was a revival that broke out down in Ashbury Bible College, and I didn't know this, but there was two revivals before that, in '50 and in '58. Told Courtney, I, I didn't know it, and I found it. She found the book. She said, Dad, did you know that? I said, buy it for me. I want it. I read it. It's only about that thick. <laughs> I want to tell you something. You could feel the power of God in there. Huh? You could feel I read it, my friend. Huh? And I was stirred in my heart, and I'm still stirred today. And I cried at things that I read, and the things that I heard. I was kind of hard to believe, but it was real. God came on the scene, huh? And the place was filled with his presence, huh? And people's life, Christians and non-Christians alike that were there, my friend, felt the power of God and they were changed forever, huh? I've been praying for a revival, church. We need it, huh? We need it. It'll be a great awakening for us. Amen. What is revival? It is when Jesus Christ comes into the church and sits down in a pew and his holy presence fills the church. And every soul that steps into the church can feel the power that they are standing on holy ground. When Jesus is in the house, all hearts are open. And bear before him. Amen? Amen. That is so true. <clears throat> well, I'm going to read some things here. 
Charles Finney, <clears throat> Steps of a Revival. Here it is, real short. I wrote these down. It's been quite a while back. The first step to revival is deep repentance. Breaking down of the heart before God with deep humility and forsaking all sin. Examine yourself. <clears throat> Am I grateful for God, His Word, and the church? Do I love God more than anything else? Do I spend time in study uh, of God's Word? Do I spend time in prayer? Prayer that will move the heart of God. <clears throat> Is there any sins in my life, little or big? Do I have a concern for the lost? Is there any pride in my heart and life? Do I have a filthy mind? Do I rob God to bless others when I am not living right? Do I have the fear? Do I have fear of people when they criticize and make fun of the things of God? Break up the fall ground in your heart so God can sow the seed of revival. Amen. <clears throat> And I want to read this real quick, and I'll get you out of here. I'm sorry. Sometimes I take so long. <clears throat> I don't want to apologize for preaching, but I know that sometimes I keep you here longer than I should. Bear with me. I want to read some of these comments in this book. It said, It came in my judgment, this is talking about this revival, as a result of sincere prayers of the faculty, the officers, and the student Bible, student body. It was a not promoted by any great preaching. <clears throat> Revivals can be held today in God's own way when the conditions are met. Elements, this is what one guy said, elements of the apostolic pattern are here displayed in a modern setting. Clearly seen as the need of fervent intercessory prayer on the part of God's people. Absolute obedience to the revelation of God's will. To utter and complete dependence upon God to affect his own sovereign purpose. <clears throat> he concludes that it, it is his opinion that there are three things that will bring aid in bringing mighty visitations of God. One, that people find a place to pray in the early morning. That, and number two, that those knowing here is more, uh, those, let me back up, that those knowing there is more for them in the grace of God <coughs> respond remotely to his spirit and that the churches detest too many programs and too much ritual and give God a chance to use earnest prayer as a simple message to manifest 
his power. This meeting and others like it is challenged us to search our own hearts and see why God cannot give us revival again. But more, it is expired, it expires our hope and encourages our faith to actually expect revival in our day. Indeed, it makes us aware that God is on the throne and that he is able to supply all of our needs and that he is, and that it is his desire to give the Holy Spirit to his children. Revival is not unpredictable, mysterious phenomenon. It is God's response, listen to this, to the honest, to heart honesty, contrite repentance, and desperate prevailing intercessions. Amen. It's the need, church, uh, of the church today. I'm telling you, I have never experienced this. I've never experienced a revival. Huh? But I've read about it. I read these revivals. I read about the old awakening, the first and second day awakening revivals. Huh? I know it can happen. Here's, and I'm done. I know I'm way too long. Here's my opinion, how I see this. We are living in a world today that is so lost. It has no ideal of spiritual things. Listen to me. It has no ideal. They got some kind of thought about redemption, about who Jesus is huh, and what he is, but they have no ideal, huh? about the salvation that he can give. Huh? Listen, it's going to take a real revival to wake men up. Huh? To wake people out of the deep sleep that they're in. Listen, I was reading that book, huh? And there was people said they was just, they was curious. See, it went out, it, it was in the airways, it was on TV, it was on radio, it, it went out everywhere. And there was people said we was just curious. And we went into that auditorium and sat down. Huh? <laughs> and they said, I'll tell you what, no intentions huh, of getting saved. Huh? No intentions of finding God or, or the Lord. Just to go and see what happened. Huh? And they said they sat down in the pew. <laughs> One guy said he went up in the balcony away from everybody, tried to get away from everybody. And sit down. And you could not help but to feel the presence of God. Huh? The power of another world. Though the place was packed with people. And the testimonies were going up. And the songs were being sung. You were all alone. <laughs> Just you and God. <laughs> That's how they described it. Huh? It was just God and me. Amen. That's what we need, church. We need to pray. I would like for you to pray for a revival in this little church. And I thought about it. Uh, what about the other churches in Elwood? Are they thinking like this? Are they thinking how I'm thinking? Are they looking at it 
the way I'm looking at it, huh? And in the prayer that I'm trying to pray, huh? And, and to make this thing come to pass, they could, but I doubt it. We have to take the initiative to bring this on. We can't depend on somebody else. Oh, it'd be nice if it'd break out in another church here in Elwood. We'd sweep down to those services and be in a, be part of it. But we got to take the initiative to bring it on. And God will bless it.